Welcome to this sermon from Silver Lake Baptist Church. Our mission is to celebrate the greatness of God with all we are for the joy, hope, and renewal of our community. We are so glad you have chosen to listen to our message. We pray you will be blessed by your time with us today. We're in the season of Hanukkah, and so let me pray. Father, thank you for for being with us. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for loving us. And thank you for for just shaking us out uh, of our box and getting us where we need to be. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. So I get in the car and I'm driving and it's like there's fog and no one can see. And I'm like, people forget that they have headlights and, and that they can drive. It's like fog and a little bit of ice and everybody thinks that the world's coming to end. And I thought, well, the apocalypse has hit because of the way people are driving this morning, you know. And uh, anyway, getting here, I was like, like, and now I'm leading off preaching and they're driving like they got all day, you know. But it made me think of this season, and we're in the Hanukkah season, and a lot of you guys are like, yeah, 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 Pastor James, you're talking about Hanukkah again. Why are you talking about Hanukkah again? I'm telling you because, do you guys believe that if Jesus celebrated something that's important? If Jesus acknowledged something that's important? If the Bible acknowledged something that's important? A lot of times we walk around and we wear wear these uh, bracelets, do you remember all the bracelets on our wrists that said, said WWJD? Really, it should have been WWYD for what would Yeshua do, right? Instead of what would Jesus do. But either way, it's still good, right? But we get these bracelets and we wear them and we go, what would Jesus do? But then we forget that Jesus did a lot of things that we ain't doing ourselves. And then it challenges us and makes us want to stretch and say, okay. What can I do in my life that I'm not not doing? There's a scripture in the Bible in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, and it says this. It says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by what? By the renewing of our mind. And so, so, he, so a lot of times we get so conformed to to the world's ways and to the world's system and to what's going on that we forget that God wants to renew our mind and transform us in every way, shape, and form. Not just on the outside, but on the inside. If there's no change on the inside, it's not going to happen on the outside. Everything happens on the inside out. Even like you said, well, that don't work in my life. Yeah, it does. It's working right now. Like, like everything's working because that's the way God created the universe and that's the way God created us and that's the way everything works. So anyway, so Jesus celebrated Hanukkah. Now what is Hanukkah? Hanukkah is the Feast of Dedication. Has anybody ever heard of the Feast of Dedication? That's what Hanukkah is. And the Bible talks about it. And where did I put my glasses? I got everything lost. I probably left it back there. So I'll just do my best right here. It says this, then came the feast, um, I'm going to read from you from John, thank you, he rescued me, I could have just toughed it out, but thank you very much, I really appreciate that. Then came the feast of dedication at Jerusalem, it was winter, and Jesus was in the temple area, walking in Solomon's colonnade. Okay, so number one, we know that, that they're identifying when, a time, 
you knew exactly when this was happening. Well, you kind of did because it was during the Feast of Dedication, right? So it was in between eight days. And you knew it was in winter because it's cold. So where are we at? We're in the Feast of Dedication right now. We're on the eighth day tonight. We'll light the candles and it'll be the eighth day, right? So it'll be the last day. And I'll talk about what that means because I think there's so much richness in it that ties back into who we are in Jesus. Everything about Hanukkah is represented representative of Jesus. Just a few chapters earlier, Jesus says, I am the light of the world, right? You remember, like, we went to Arlington last weekend, and they had this big Christmas, um, I don't know what you call, bazaar, all those things I think are bazaar, because they, like, camp out (laughs) with these tents, and these got all these, you know, little trinkets and stuff underneath, and, and I get drugged to every one of them, I promise you. My, my wife loves those little bizarre things, and, and she used to have like a, um, an antique-type vintage store, and so, so that's her thing, man. And we look at everything, I promise you, right? <clears throat> but anyway, we get, we, 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 she, I get drugged, but I like getting drugged by her because she's pretty awesome anyway. <laughs> drug is in pulling me, not drug as in drugged. I'm making that clear because you're like, Pastor James, you better clear that up in a hurry, right? Okay, so anyway, so uh, we're going to, to this bizarre Christmas party and candle lighting thing for the whole city. And what was really cool was, was they had this big light and it shot up into the air. And like you could see it all the way from the freeway, man, which was miles away, but you could see the light, and it would go here, and it would go there, but it was pointing to where something was happening. And that's who Jesus is. The Bible says he's the light of the world, and we think, well, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. We think it's just a little bitty, like, dull flashlight that's running out of its battery. And that's how we treat it a lot of times. What we don't realize is it's bright like the sun, right? It glows and, and it shines. And if we will allow the Holy Spirit to work through us and in us, the Bible says that the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives where? Inside us, right? And then it'll make our mortal bodies alive. What will? That same Spirit. The one, and he's clarifying it, it has the power to raise the dead. If it has the power to raise the dead, it has the power to raise us up in the morning. (laughs) Right? It has the power to raise us up when we don't think there's any hope and we don't think we can get by and we don't think we can go another step and we don't think we can make it. It has the power to do that. It's in the gospel, right? The gospel is the power of God unto salvation. Who is the gospel? The gospel is in one thing, and his name's Yeshua. He even named him Yeshua. Do you know what Yeshua means? Do you know what Jesus means? It means God's salvation, in case you need a clue. That is the power of God unto salvation. It's Yeshua. It's what he did. It's his finished work, and his finished work was finished so that now we can continue to live in Him and through Him. Like He said, in Him we live and move and have our being. And as long as we live in Him and move in Him, it's going to bring life to everything around us. And so, um, anyway, so there's these, um, as they're celebrating 
the Feast of Dedication, even back here, it reminded me of a few things. Number one is that they really could be the Feast of Rededication. Because the Maccabees, see, they, they didn't um, build. They didn't build the temple. There's this dude, his name was Solomon. Everybody here is Solomon? Solomon actually dedicated the temple. When he did, he set, set the, the offering out on the altar. And he said this most beautiful, eloquent prayer and dedicated this temple to God. And you know what? The Bible says that fire fell down from heaven. Right? Anybody remembers, it was, a, was it Elijah or Elisha? I think it was a, Elijah. That I miss They got to quit making them so close and so close in name, right? But it's Elijah, right? Elijah. And so he, he's like, if God, God serve him, you know, if he's not, serve him. How long are you going to halt between two opinions? And what happened? The fire fell down and it consumed the altar and everything about the altar for Elijah and around the water. But in Solomon's time, Guess what happened too? As they're as they're dedicating the temple, God's like, "Thank you. This is what I put on David's heart, and this is what's going on 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 his son's heart. And watch what I'm going to do because it was so powerful his prayer. But it wasn't his prayer that was powerful; it was the fact that they dedicated something to God. Sometimes we're not real elegant, and sometimes we don't feel like we're real elegant. Sometimes our prayers are just like, help me. Or, like, my favorite prayer is, ugh. <laughs> like, do you ever have those kind of prayers? Where you're just like, ugh. That's all I can do is get a ugh out, you know? And maybe it can be just, ugh. I can't believe that's how I can't. And then, but God hears it, and He answers it. And the best dedication we can have is when we dedicate our lives to Him, but it's not just a one-time thing where we walk down the altar and then all the we're sprinting out of here. Like for a while, we'll feel like a Disney princess, man. And the birds will be singing and the animals will be following us, but then something's going to happen and then it's going to knock us off kilter. We got to remember is even though we go through things, it doesn't change what happened inside of us. And we can learn to live in Him day in, day out, following the Holy Spirit and the power of God. But they dedicated this temple, and we can dedicate our temple too. You know what's really kind of unique is they don't have a holiday for Solomon dedicating his temple. And when he dedicated his temple, fire fell from heaven, consumed the altar, right, consumed the sacrifice, and the presence of God was so strong, the entire nation had to get down on their face because they couldn't stand. Because they got a revelation of how holy God is. There's a place in your life that's getting, getting beat up or getting hammered or getting struggling. You know what we can do? We can dedicate it to God. Say, Father, here, it's yours. Consume it. Get rid of all the dross. Get rid of all that stuff. And we think, oh, well, bad things are getting ready to happen. No, something good's getting ready to happen. Because he's going to light a fire in your heart that will burn and blow you away and blow everyone else away. Because we are dedicating and giving him, surrendering everything we have or are to him. Now, there's nothing that, that we have. There's nothing that we think we are. 
that we're not going to find that comes from our source, and that's him. The great I am. Not the great I was. God is good. Now, you're like, yeah, sometimes. Now, God is good when? Always. Right. But watch. There's, we, we go through that saying a lot. God is good. God is. I am good is what we're saying. He's the great I am. And that's what he's saying to you. I am good all the time even when you don't think I am even when you think things are going haywire even when you think that I don't love you I am good and I am working everything out for your good you know as a believer that's why we don't have enemies in the flesh the Bible says we don't war against flesh and blood but against powers and principalities so when we, we can set ourselves up in our minds where we have enemies and then we're surprised when people start raising up against us or we can just think, thank you for cutting me off at that light. <laughs> thank you for doing this. Thank you because you cannot do anything but bless me because even the bad that you do to me, God's like, I will turn it for your good. And when you do that, it's easy for us to bless people back and get this mentality of blessing people back. And then... We're, we're walking in the fruit of the Spirit, which is what? Love, joy, peace, goodness, meekness, gentleness. You know, that's who God is. And walking in who He is and having those revelations of how He thinks and how He's for us and how everybody's our buddy. Like, like you're my friend. You know, you just punched me in the mouth. Now I get to get a new nose job. Yeah, yay. Not that I need a new nose job. I like my nose. Right? But the point is, is no matter what happens in our life, they're going to be a blessing to us. One of the rabbis was talking, and he was saying how, um, i got to watch this clock or I'll be preaching till noon. <laughs> One of the rabbis was talking and he, he was asking that very question. Why does Solomon not get? Why is there not a holiday for Solomon? And then he realized, you know something? It's one thing to dedicate something, but it's another thing when you go in and you rededicate something. Because it means something bad really happened. So as, that's going to kind of introduce Hanukkah in its story. There's this dude, his name was Antiochus. Epiphanies. Now, his very name should tell us everything we need to know about him. Antiochus means anti-support, right? Literally, that's what his first name means. The second, epiphany, Epiphanies means God manifested or manifested God. Do you ever have, like, you ever say, well, I was walking down the street and I got this epiphany. I got this, like this thought just come into my mind. Am I the only one that's ever heard that saying? Am I the only one that's that, er, something like that's ever happened to me? It's like you don't know what you're doing or where you're going to go, but you get this epiphany, right? And you're thinking, oh, what a great idea. But really, epiphany really means God manifested. Do you know how did, how did he manifest? Through your thought. He gives you this thought. And this thought's like, Whoa, it's going to change our life. You know, everything in this world come through a thought. You think our thoughts don't matter? 
That's why Jesus, when he said, said, said that uh, if you think in your heart, like if you look at a woman, you've already committed adultery, or if you hate your brother, you're already murdered him. What's he saying? Your thoughts matter because those actions start where? In our thoughts. So anyway, that's a different message, right? But, but epiphany is like this thought. Well, anyway, when, when I hear the word Antiochus epiphanies, I think anti-support anti for the manifested God. And that's what it was really about because when the Greeks come in, they didn't mind them worshiping on Sundays or Saturdays. They would worship on Saturdays. They didn't mind them going to church. They didn't mind them having their Bible studies and they didn't mind this. But as long as they didn't say there was only one God, as long as they didn't say there was only one way, they would have been fine with it because, see, they had all these different, they conquered all these different countries and all these different regions. And so what they were allowing them to do was bring all these gods in and pretend like there's all these other gods when there's really only one God. Right? That's plain in the Bible, right? Because it says, small Israel, here is real, the Lord is God, he is one. Love him with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. There's only one God. Amen. So there's this group. And, and the Greeks are like, well, we can't just have this because they refuse to bow down to the ideal that there's more than another God. They weren't asking them not to serve God. They're just that wanting them to serve other gods too. And so they wouldn't. So what they did was they went in, instead of dedicating the temple, they desecrated the temple. They destroyed the temple and everything in it, and then they started sacrificing pigs on the altar. Can you imagine that? There's a lot more behind that than just the reason that they were doing pigs. Number one, pigs not kosher. Number two, there's a spiritual meaning behind it too. And we just think that look at things on the outside. We'll miss a lot of times the things that's happening on the inside. But there's this group, and they're called the Maccabees. Anybody ever hear of the Maccabees? What does the Maccabee mean? It means a hammer. And they said, you know what? We have had enough. Enough is enough. And so what'd they do? They rose up. And they weren't just fighting little army, but they were fighting the greatest army in the world of that time. And you think about tanks, and airplanes, these dudes had elephants. Man, elephants. And then they had these archers that would shoot up and all these arrows could come down and it was like being raining arrows, right? You know what? These guys rose up and they said, no, we have one God. And I'm sure they were thinking, you know what? Kind of like, like the lepers who said, why should we sit here lest we die? Because they didn't want to live without serving the true God. They didn't want to live with their temple being desecrated. They didn't want to live in a place where they couldn't serve God. And as they rose up, do you know what? God gave them the greatest military victory, maybe, of all time. Isn't that cool? So that was the first miracle. You know, we celebrate, we talk about Hanukkah, we only think about one miracle. That was the first miracle. Then there's another miracle that happened 
as they're looking through all this stuff, I want to show you guys something because we do this. Can I do show and tell? Okay. We just burned some candles. I'm not going to light the candles because I don't want to start a fire. And this already smells like smoke because it's been getting some use. This is our menorah, and I love this. You can see it's a little weathered, but I wouldn't change it for nothing because uh, it has such meaning to us, right? So in this menorah, there's eight different branches, and then you're like, well, Pastor James, there's a nine. There's nine. Can you not count? What's the matter with you? No, I can't count. I've been counting cows and horses too long, and they move all the time, so I get like three different numbers. So I just count till I get the number I think's right. But the ninth, ninth, um, I don't know, what do you call this little thing? Thimble? We'll call it thimble. Ninth, ninth little um, um, candle holder is called the shamash. You guys say shamash. You know what that means? It means shamash. It means a servant candle. Now, when I set these candles in here, I'll set them a certain way. And so, like if it's just four days, I'll set it like the first one here. And then the, the um, guy doesn't light the candles. My wife lights the candles. And I think there's some significance into that, too, because remember, it was a woman who brought the light of the world into the, into the world. And when Mary, and we'll get to that. It's December. We're, we're getting close, right? But it was Mary, so my wife would... would would uh, will say a blessing and, and light the candles and and it also I think in, in for um, Judaism and for following the Torah there's so much richness in it because there's a great honor for women too where where there's a lot of uh, you can see a lot of re- religious stuff that really wants to put their thumb down on women when women have great value and I think that's a shame right anyway. But this is one of the things I love about our roots, and um, is that it honors women. So, anyway, this is called the servant candle or the shamash. Now, in the shamash, um, it represents to me someone, because if as say I had four candles here, I put the put them in, and then I start from the newest, and then go this way. But this servant is this servant candle is the one that that she would light, and then she will go one at a time. So as I think about this servant candle, to me it represents Yeshua. And to a lot of people it represents Yeshua because he's the one that that lights our life. He is the light of the world. You know, one time I was lost, man. I was just like this candle. I got to actually have a holder to hold that in there. But um, one time I was just a candle, like everything was set and ready. See, Jesus died. When he died, he died for all my sins. All I had to do was say, okay, light, my, light me. Set me on fire. Give my heart to you. Let me shine with your glory and with your brightness. And then one day, you know what? When I said that, he did. And, and then you could see my flame. And then pretty soon there's another candle here and another candle here and another candle here. And you know what's really cool is as you progress through Hanukkah, you can see one candle, and it's pretty cool, it's pretty powerful, and it's really intimate, 
But by the time you get to tonight, you know what you're seeing is it's a whole army uh, of candles. And it just glows like you wouldn't believe. And it really shows you the power of what Jesus did. And the power of the body of Christ. You see, as we're just one candle glowing, sometimes you can feel like you're all alone and not making a difference. You're still bringing light. But when you get everyone (coughs) united in Him, lit by His fire, shining for Him, you knock things over. You change the world. And you make a difference. That's what's so powerful about having a body of Christ and being able to serve in the body of Christ and being able to, to um, come worship together. That's why you guys are so valuable here is because we're each candles. Yeah, it doesn't make us not shine or not be saved if we're out there on our own, but when we're together, it makes a huge difference. That's what's the power of unity. That's why the disciples rode in a Honda. <laughs> right? They were in one accord. Right? But there's power in unity. But I was just thinking about this. There is, I'm going to set this here. I'm not going to lie. I ain't going to mess anything up. But as I was thinking about there, they had to win the battle first. There's battles that you need to fight, but what you don't realize is God's already won them. You already have the victory. The second miracle was this was destroyed. All the oil, they had vats of oil. It's not like they're saying, well, I hope we got enough oil for tomorrow. We'll just call Amazon. Hopefully they can overnight it to us. (laughs) Right? Or we'll run down down to Hagen's or Walmart or wherever, right? No, they, they were prepared for this. And it was desecrated and destroyed, so they're going through the remnants of it, and one of the miracles is they found one little cruise of oil. One. Just one. Just like that candle. Just one. A lot of the, the a rabbi I really respect talks about how first you have the conquest, then you have the power. Well, what an power. There's power in one little... Yeah, there's power. There's power in you. You can change the world. But then comes the blessing when the unity comes and when we start flowing. But they had this one little cruise. And you know what? Instead of saying, eh, ain't going to work. We got to go another eight days before we can have new oil because it had to be right. They said, we're going to go ahead and light it. They put their faith out there trusting in the power of God. Whose power are you trusting in? Yours? Man, my power ain't going to get it done. Are you going to trust in God's? They went ahead and led it, trusting in the power of God. And you know what God did? It didn't burn one night, not two nights, not three nights. Not four nights, not five nights, not six nights, not seven nights, but eight nights. Eight days it burned. And that's a blessing. 
in our life, we can expect these three areas of our blessing when we have the issue of the light of the world in our life. Number one, conquest. Well, we can't, can't conquest. Yeah, we do. God said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, right? When he set Adam and Eve here, he set them over everything, right? He said for them to have dominion, right? So God wants us to walk in his authority, taking ground for him and living our lives in victory. Not our victory, but in his victory, right? Number two is in order to do that, we're doing that not through our own power, not through our own works, but through his power and through his works, and we can trust that he's going to do something great in that. Not because we're good, not because we're so cool, but because he is. Now look, he's the head of the church. Jesus died, and he rose again. Like, he didn't die, and his spirit go to heaven, and his soul, and they buried him, and his body rotted. No, his body was resurrected. That same resurrected body is seated in heaven at the right hand of the Father. And Jesus said he's the head of the church, but he says that we are seated with him in heavenly places. That's a big thing because that means now we have his authority and we have his power. And as he's the head of the church, we're the body of the church. And as long as we're the body of the church, we are showing Jesus alive. I said church is bigger than a building. Just bigger than a, a denomination. The church is bigger than a religion. The church is a person, and his name's Yeshua. And each and every one of us, when we know him, are part of that. And we get to share that gospel, which is what? The power of God unto salvation. And then he boasts. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Yeshua because it is, not was, not going to be, it is right now the power of God unto salvation. And then comes blessing. What's a blessing? You can't help but be blessed when you're walking in his authority, walking in his dominion and his finished work. Right? Because, you know, he, he took authority when when. He, he crushed Satan's head. He stomped him like he's walking around like a little bitty... Hi. It even changed his voice. He went, he's like, hi, hi. <laughs> right? He's whooped. That's all he's got left. But we make him out like, like he's like the little Wizard of Oz dude sitting behind this big curtain. And he's not even as big as that dude. He's like this big. And we're thinking he's this big monster. Whatever you give power to in your life is whose nature you're going to get, by the way. Whatever you submit yourself to. I'm going to submit myself to God and to His power and watch His blessings overflow in my life. The Bible says, The blessings of the Lord make me poor, but humble. They make me poor, so I'll be more like God. But God's not poor. That don't make no sense. Right? He's got walked on streets of gold. Like the Bible says, the cattle and the hills, everything on the earth is his. The blessings of the Lord, what? Make me rich. And add no sorrow to it. You know that you are extravagantly 
provided for. You know that you have a, an inheritance that is bigger than what you can see, hear, smell, taste, or touch. It says he freely gives us all things. What are you lacking in your life? I'm telling you, God's got the provision for it. You'll just trust him. But there's more blessings. There's blessings of brotherhood. There's blessings of restoration. Now, one of the things as um, <clears throat> I'm, a, I'm a church planter too, and I love planting churches. And the reason that I started planting churches was because one, one pastor said, well, why, don't, why, why are you a church planter? Why don't you just go in and go do something with, with, with a, a church that, that died and needs to come back to life? And I was like, well, it's easier to give birth than raise the dead. <laughs> That's what he said. And I was like, I thought it was a cool saying until I realized, talked to my wife. And she's like, well, what makes you think that it's easier to give birth than raise the dead? <laughs> Have you ever given birth? No. Have you ever risen the dead? No. Well, it seemed like it was a lot easier for Jesus to raise the dead than it was for Mary to have him. Makes you think, right? God is the God who wants to give life to the dead and calls things that are not as though he was. He's a life-giving God. I love being a church planner, but I also love pastoring this church. And I love this church because this is not a dead church. This is a living microcosm of who Yeshua is that's living and working. And I can see it growing. And I can see God doing a great work in this body. And I'm so thankful for it. We've given birth in this last year. We've helped birth not just one church, but several churches, and we didn't mean to. God just kind of did it. And I'm telling you, God's just getting started. But God's wanting to do stuff in our lives this year and in this Hanukkah season if we'll just trust Him and say, you know what, Father? We give you this, and we thank you for it. Amen? Amen. So anyway, they got the temple back rededicated. They light the lights every eight days, and I'm done. <laughs> so Father thank you for, for your word thank you for being with us we love you and we praise you and we give you the glory in Yeshua's name Amen Thank you for listening if you'd like to learn more about us check out our website at www.silverlakebaptist.org